Yes, it is. And it's five, four, three, two, uno. Hello, and welcome to Tell the Damn Story. I'm Chris Ryan, and who we have here is the one, the only, the legendary Alex Simmons. How are you, Alex Simmons? I am fine, and we have the absolutely marvelous, stupendous, super cool, and and Chris Ryan right here. Thank you, Chris. So good to see you. And what we do here on Tell the Damn Story is we talk about our experiences in the traditional and independent publishing worlds, So that, at least in hopes, that your path will be smoother, faster, and more productive. Absolutely. So that's what's happening. And how are you, Alex? What's going on? How you feeling? What's happening? Hey, it's summer is officially over. Here we get to to do that. How I spent my summer vacation, which I didn't actually have a summer vacation, but how I spent my summer. So how I spent my summer non-vacation. Yeah, there you go. That's what's happening today. And the idea, though, is we should, as creatives, occasionally assess what we've done and try and be an objective about it as possible. What have we accomplished? What have we learned? Uh, What have we gotten better at? And where are we going? Yeah. What do we need? What do we need to work on from there? And then bring that into our future projects. So we're going to try and uh, model that for you today and um, see how it works. So speaking in terms of what I did this summer and what I gained from or fumbled a little bit, because I'll actually talk about that as well. So I had several writing projects to, to work on this summer, which one of them popped up out of the blue, which was great. I, I used to do a lot of work with Archie Comics. And I remember, yeah. Yes, I did a, a lot of work with Archie Comics. And then we went our separate ways and still really good friends with some of the people there and they're lovely folks. But I got a call to do a piece with one of their characters, one of their supporting characters, Moose, for a Christmas story. So that'll be out this fall on Christmas. And again, I it took me, I'm going to put it this way. Yes, I've written stuff for Archie before. I've written stuff for DC and Marvel and all that kind of stuff. So it's not, oh God, I've never written it. But it took me a little while to put pen to paper, metaphor, because I, I locked up for a moment there. And I went, gee, I haven't written Archie in a while. And yeah, I've got this really cool idea for this supporting character thing. But gee, I don't know. They probably won't. And, and I heard myself talking myself out of the idea because fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And that's that imposter syndrome, lack of confidence thing that we often talk to our aspiring and emerging authors who listen to us and everything. But you know what? Sometimes that little ghost, that little beast, that little thing comes whispering in your ears, even mm-hmm. in decades. So I had to wrestle I, through that. I have a little index card within my eyesight that just says, don't self-reject. Mm. And, and that's... Mm-hmm. yeah. So I had to work through that, but I got the piece done and they actually liked it. It was great. It was my original idea. So that was fun. A couple of other writing things that I'll talk about another time. But the other thing was, this was the last semester for a number of my students at the New York Film Academy. And so we had a lot of work to do regarding their scripts and getting ready for filming of some of their projects and coordinating that. I could have done better. I could have done a bit better. It got a little chaotic. And I found that what I really needed to do was, A, trust myself more, but also be a bit better organized. And I started to get better organized 
as I saw some of these problems starting to build and I went, no, I got to serve the kids. The kids need the best. I say kids, the students need the best that I can give. And so I had to prioritize and take some of my other distractions and put them to the side so I could focus totally on the projects and programs that involve the students and really give them 100%. And so in doing that, I felt better. A, I was serving them better, but also I then, once I finished that, was able to go back to my other projects and focus on that 100%. So again, it was a good lesson in prioritizing and being very clear about what needs to happen, what, when, and in what order. So do you feel it was um, a successful summer? Yeah, I would definitely say that it was successful. All boxes were checked off, which is great. Um, we're now coming into, you know, we're in September and early part of it, September. And there's some new things unfolded, which we'll go into a, a little later in the show. Uh, and I'll tell you about some of the things that are coming up. But I would say, yeah, the summer was successful. More so if I don't forget some of the lessons that I've learned. You know, that's that's always the goal, right? Yeah, really. Yeah. You want to try and avoid having to learn them all over again. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be like Ant who is hibernating and comes to and go, oh, what do I do this season? No, yeah. do better. That's what you do. Cool. How about um, you, sir? It was, it was a working summer. It was a really a lot of work. I'm finishing the fifth one, but. The fifth? I'm going to tell you in a minute. Ah, okay. Um, by mid-September. Oh, no, he's finishing the fifth. Yeah. Okay. By mid-September. I will have five issues or volumes or editions of Soul Scream and Thalazine. And I just learned a ton from doing this. Everything about this project evolved as I was doing it. And I found I had to keep letting it evolve. It became more interesting in that way. But I'm going to pull an Archie Goodwin on you on a moment here. Assume that some of the people listening have no idea what Soul Scream is. I'm just about to read them. There you go. Look at that. So, he is totally prepped. One of the things that evolved was the elevator pitch. So here's the latest version of it. Soul Scream Anthalazine is a celebration of hybrid horror that features about 30 authors, most of them members of Horror Writers Association, across five volumes of this anthology magazine hybrid. Lighter, quieter horror mixes with folk, southern desert adventure, Aztec myth, a supernatural, cyberpunk, a retelling of Greek tragedy as a post-Civil War Western, Celtic, rock and roll, and many more subgenres to demonstrate just how strong and vibrant and diverse and welcoming horror is. Now, that's most of what Soul Scream Anthalazine is became it was short stories i invited people to yourself included to submit some horror or at least a story that has some horror aspects i wanted the hybrid to show boom there it is and building off something that mary san giovanni cosmic horror author and professor we like to call she said in a class that i took and she said most of the best moments in literature are horror and if you think about it, say Dickens' Christmas Carol, that's a Christmas story. But the best moments are the scary moments, right? Mm -hmm. Gone with the wind, when the plantation's burning and all that other. All that's, and, all, and you could do that with 
any of the lit books, Romeo and Juliet, that moment when Romeo is dying and Juliet's waking, that's a horrific moment with two horrific kids who don't know what the hell they're doing. And on, and on it goes, right? So I wanted to play with that. And there's some of the stuff is more straight horror. Some of it is leaning more towards whatever the hybrid is. But it all has that little touch. So we get to see how rich this genre is. And then I did an author profile for each of the pieces of fiction. Whoever wrote it got an author profile. I came into a problem. If I put my byline on each one of those, what a boring collection it would be. <laughs> so to, to fix that problem, I came up with pen names. But then that wasn't good enough for me. So I came up with characters that I would write in. You and I have both done some acting, so that's mm -hmm. where this came from. Mm -hmm. And then my mind went sideways, and I said, wait a second. I have this character in the horror story that I'm submitting there's going to be a recurring character, Desdemona de la Cruz. I'm going to make her assistant editor. <laughs> She's the assistant editor and also in some of the stories. She's my assistant editor. So there's a fictional version of me in there. And mm. then there's three interns, Finbar McGuinness, Zibat Moruda, and Connie Marie Marcello. And each has a very distinct voice. So now you're starting and, to get and very distinct names too. very distinct. Now I was playing with the names. Yeah. Finbar is that guy who will talk to you all night about that one novel and go into the minutia. Right. And really love you. There's a time in your life where you love talking with that guy. And then Zibat Maruda is like talking to one of those YouTube guys. Says, hey, I just saw this. I'm going to talk to you all about it. I'm going to tell you the things you missed. Hey, And then Connie Marie is the pure fan. Hmm. She believes, she loves the stories and she's a true believer. So you have Desdemona, you have those three. And we start seeing how their interplay behind the scenes is evolving. And that gets paid off in the fifth one. So what I realized was you had an ongoing metafiction wrapped around the fiction and the author profiles. So now I had several levels going on. It's just a lot of fun. I had two artists, Juan Cruz Prats from Argentina and Matt Wildson from Pennsylvania doing the covers and some interior art on Juan's part. Thank you very much. Some characters that I created. So you had a nice mix of stuff. And I said, this is going to be fantastic. And then I started editing it. And it is fantastic. It's really, they, the stories were really great. It was a lot of editing. And the rundown that you just gave of all the types of material that's in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And planning and, and arranging which story should go where. And so I'm a little crispy around the edges, <laughs> but crispy. I'm determined to get this done. And I, I learned that a lot of the editing skills I had from being a weekly journalist in the Bronx years ago, like we're talking about over 30 years ago, they... There was a ton of rust on them. But once I knocked the rust off and put some oil on there, mm -hmm. can. they got better and better as, as I was working on doing this. Those are the pros. One of the cons I learned is that it's a lot of work. And a lot of work takes a lot of energy. So I will never do four issues back to back again. 
right? <laughs> I won't. But I wanted to have a base series to build upon. And I've, I'm going to be accomplishing that. And then I have to decide, is it going to be an annual once a year? Is it going to be twice a year? So those are ongoing. So now I'm learning that planning for the future as you're doing the present is part of the skills you have to have. So it was another benefit of this non-vacation working summer. That's one of the things that I learned was a real challenge was writing and submitting to the traditional side of, because my stuff is self-published or independently published. And I've independently published, I think it's about somewhere between 25 and 30 authors in this series so far. So that was, I I wanted to be a publisher of other people. I checked that box off. Mm -hmm. Um, But sending my stuff out to other publishers, whether they be independent or more traditional, finding the time to do that. There was some- Time um, management, yeah. Yeah, 4 a.m. became the time I would be writing those kind of things. And uh, we're lucky. We had a get, two guests on recently, Jim Beard and John Bruning. And they were kind enough to invite me to write my very first Western. So, I God, that's a dream come true. I have to do this. So I had to fit that in around all the Soul Scream stuff. And I found that 4 a.m., was the best you know time to get up and start doing that and then jim put out a limited open call for bigfoot stories and i was like oh my god this would be so fantastic i had brian Keane has a great Substack column called jobs in hell it's subscription only that's not an expensive subscription but it'll give you this open call, that open call. These people are looking for submissions. And one was for a, a Bigfoot collection. And I submitted it, never heard from those people at all. So it was part of the deal, right? You put it mm-hmm. in and you look for another opportunity to use that. Mm-hmm. And then Jim's thing, I was like, wait, I already have one. I polished dots, I wonder. So he was looking for pitches and I pitched him one, it. it and he said, yeah, okay, let me see what you do with this. And on when we were recording, he said, I didn't get the finished story. So I sent him a finished story. And he recently wrote and said, this is going to be, I want it in. I think I'm going to finish the anthology with it. And he <laughs> says, I think it's the, it's all, it goes almost to full comedy at points. Uh, but you don't make, he didn't want anyone making a fool of, uh, Bigfoot or anything, but the twist that I used was both humorous and respectful. And uh, great, there you go. So that's, and then uh, I submitted to another, a person who I'm publishing. She happened to have an open call for um, mole horror. And I had a very mole different horror? horror that happens in a mole. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a very different take on that that I hope they enjoy. We'll see. It, it, again, one of the things you, you learn is you, you do the story, you send out the story. The thing with stories is if they get rejected, they don't burst into flame, <laughs> right? If this was to, uh, fingers crossed that they like it and they want to use it, right? You always want that. But if it was not to happen, like with the Bigfoot story, it did not end my life. I put it in the to-be-submitted file. And only because someplace else, yeah, I was still doing the soul scream, so I had a lot of work to do. But the idea is to try and just 
find a place and send it out. Find, some people have a 72 hour or a 36 hour. Once rejected, the story can only be in for 36 hours before it has to go back out. That's, mm. I'm not that good yet, but I'm working on it. Let me just cut in here for a moment. Something that you said a, a moment ago, rejection. It's a part of the package. Yeah. It's a part of the package of wanting to be a writer or an actor or an artist or, or do anything where you're going to create something and put it out there to the audience, to the yeah. masses. There's a probability that someone's going to dislike it or some company's not going to take it. And how long you experience that, yes, will have an impact on you in terms of your feelings. Yeah. But part of what you have to learn is how to deal with that, how to process that. And then I know people will say, don't take it personally. Sometimes it's still going to sting. Yeah, but I, what saying, I've noticed but, is... But as you're saying, is one of the things is creating a pattern by yeah. which you do not just lock stuff away forever, right. but that you recycle it or send it out again. And I think one of the things that benefited me this summer was reading the interviews that I used for the various people, interns to write the other mm -hmm. profiles, there are this pattern behavior you start seeing. And people who, yeah, they got rejected. They got rejected a thousand times. They got rejected 400 times. They had, someone said they had 150 rejections and 15 acceptances. And they consider that a really high rate. That didn't mean they wrote 150 stories. However, number of stories they have, they sent out total of 150 times. Mm -hmm. And that's sending an email and attached, you know, attached to an email. Bang. It's not the whole self-addressed stamped envelope like we did way back in the Stone Age. Okay. And the thing comes back. Very rarely do you hear, and you'll see somebody talk about it on social media once. Very rarely do you hear that it was a personal attack when it was rejection. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that. No one has the time for it. I mean, doing the editorial side this summer with all these stories... I got really good at pleasantly writing to them and saying, listen, this is a great story, but if we do this and this, it's a better story. There's a great story in Monsters Hearts that it's a beautiful horror story. That's very hard to achieve. And ghastly stuff is going on. And there's still a beautiful romantic thing going on at the same time. Hmm. And I thought it was a little overextended. And I, I didn't want to say anything negative, but I, it was so strong. I wanted to ask the author. And it, it turns out the guy said, yeah, I added that at the last minute. Let's just get rid of it. And it was so much better. And it was such a thrill to be able to get that rather than boom. And there was another person who, for this, I want Soul Scream to be something that you read and you can hand off to one of your students. I can read and I can hand it off to my niece and know that it's not going to be too extreme or too whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's one great story. And the there's, let's say, married romance. Wink, wink, not. But it was a little too graphic. And I said, can we just lose these two sentences? And you have the same effect. And the person was so wonderful about it. I got really good at that. And having seen that side, it's much easier to not take rejection personally when it's my turn to be rejected. So hopefully what I just said will help someone out there. Who says, oh, okay. I'm just, that just means I can go and give it another opportunity. And you should. 
should. Some people say if it's three times rejected, then I'm going to read it again and see if there's anything that's sticking out for me. How many, God, you can go to all those tried and true stories about Stephen King and how many rejections he got or she got or they got before success or before. It happens. Just keep moving. Yeah. And the the other thing of it, too, before we move on, the other thing of it, too, is there are the Stephen Kings and the the people who wrote Harry Potter and the the woman who wrote Harry Potter and some of the other where you have these Mondo successes that you can say, yes, we went through these trials and tribulations. But look, I'm filthy rich now. But there's a lot more people who can say, yeah, I had these trials and tribulations still going through a few of them, but I'm writing or I'm getting published or I'm getting better at it or I'm able to pay my bills, or I'm passionate about this. So there's still wins in there. There's, there's a range of wins, well, but it's, it's an absolute loss if you do nothing. I think we can offer a double win right here, building on what you're saying, Alex. Anybody out there who's listening to us, who, who your plan is to make a million dollars as a writer, stats I've read recently, 0.006 or something like that of writers become millionaires from writing. You see all those people just left? It saved them a lot of time. Okay. <laughs> now the rest of you are still here. Okay. We just You're pared here. it down. Pared down your yeah, competition. We knocked out a lot of your competition. You're welcome. Yeah. But also that there's some peace in that revelation that most of us are here because we love storytelling and we love doing what we're doing. And even some people that you read right now today, they have another gig and, or they had like a teaching gig or somebody works the, I know a guy who writes, who works the night shift at some energy company. Um, So it's a little quieter, but that's what he does. And then he writes and there's a million people who talk about that doing things like that so that's the reality let us talk about where we're going and where all of us are going now that the month of september is here and of course it is followed by october november and december so we are into the fall are we not sir i think there's probably going to be another week or two of weather that goes back and forth between hey that feels like summer and (laughs) wait a minute where where are my far full clothes anyway yeah i still got time to dig those suckers out but we, you know, if, if it's not full yet, we can see it from our porch. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got one of those, otherwise look out the window. Yeah, I just have a stoop. <laughs> but what we're looking at is what we have coming up for the fall, because there's a, a couple of things in the works. Obviously, there's some projects and things that, that Chris and I will be working on independently. And then a couple of things we'd probably be doing together. But we also lined up a number of interviews that will be coming this fall. The people who will be sharing... Uh, more information for you, uh, whether you're a struggling writer, an emerging writer, an aspiring writer, we're going to have people on that you definitely want to listen to. For instance, Tom Snagowski and Janine uh, Thomas will be coming back. Yeah, have had them on funny. several times, and they've been a blast. And they work both in the novel realm, but also in the comic book realm. And uh, as a matter of fact, Tom and Janine have written Vampirella, which is a horror topic. And so that's a character as well as a topic. So that sort of ties in nicely with what we were just talking about. And of course, Chris talking about Soul Screen. But so we have them lined up. And then we have, I can't mention her name yet, but we have a writer who just approached us recently. He's going to be on the show, All Things Going Well. 
somewhere between now and early October. All things going well again, I say that. But he's a mystery writer. And I'm looking forward to having a chance to speak with this person. And then we have a couple of others that we have discussed them coming on. And we're just waiting for clarification. But all things going well in that respect, we'll be talking to... We're working, we're working on one TTDS classic, trying to get that person back. And we'll yep. see how that goes. Yep. But yeah. And there's a project that Chris and I have begun sketching out that if we can pull it off, will be a penultimate episode, which will involve a cast of thousands or maybe a little smaller than that. But I think right. you'll get a great deal out of that. But we'll talk more about that over the next coming months. We're going to try and solder Captain American Shield onto <laughs> Lady Liberty. Wait, no, that's you'll you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> take, take your meds, okay? <laughs> so that's part of what the fall has to offer. Another thing that we want to include more in the fall this season is more commentary, more questions from the audience. Guys, you did it on Facebook. When I asked for prompts, oh, girls. Thank you. I meant guys in the general sense, but yes, folks. When I asked for props in the general sense and things like that, when I asked for that, you guys rallied forth and you gave us all these one word, two word, three word prompts. And then Chris and I went off and came up with all kinds of plots and things based on that. And that was wonderful. Not only do I want you to do that again, and I will tell you when, but more importantly, what are your questions? What are your thoughts? What are your challenges? Start feeding that to us so that we can aim our episodes more in the directions or even more into the directions that will serve you better or serve you best. So that's something that we're going to be pushing for this fall, too. I will go out and beat the drum on the street corners to get more and more of your input and your questions and your challenges. So if you see me, put something in my cup and then give me a question or a challenge <laughs> to bring back to the show. Yeah. Oh. What, what do you have in, in mind for the fall, too, Chris? I know you've got other things going. I have two more deadlines. I, I always really wanted to get the fifth Soul Scream done by tomorrow, Labor Day. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But probably in the first week or 10 days of September, it'll be done. And then I have a, I'm trying for a quick turnaround on the complete reboot of Mallory and Gunner is ready to go. Glorious has agreed to read it one more time. And we've, uh, we've talked about Glorious. Glorious is his wife, by the way. And that's not her given name, but that is the name she has definitely earned. Yes. She has read every word of all of the soul screams. And she's probably read this Mallory and Gunner story uh, 10 or 15 or 20 times now. But she's going for it one more time because she's amazing. And the only goal is to keep me away from it unless it's absolutely necessary because I know I'll start messing with it and, and fussing. That's one of, one of the things I think writers have to watch out. You can fuss a book to death. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying not to do that. But once those two come out, w one of the plans is to lay down for a long time. <laughs> Ouch, folks, on a yeah. couch. Yeah. Maybe a beach somewhere. but I, you know. I have a lot more plans. Not the long nap. There are, there are plans for... I'm sorry, I'm going to sneeze. Go ahead. Uh, there are plans... For after this five arc and where it goes. So that's that's in my head. There are a few other things to finish or to put out. There's a Mallory Gunner begins re, restarts that series 
and I have the Hellhounds, and I have a few other things that would be serious. It seems that people are reading and enjoying novellas and novelettes as much or more than paperbacks now. Mm. And I'm going to see a little bit of that with those projects I just mentioned and see right. if that feels right. And we'll see where it goes. But also, I I got to pick up my traditional submission game and send out more of that stuff. I have a pile that haven't gone out yet, including and, and- an entire collection of poetry that tells a narrative tale. Yes, but you've I, mentioned this. You've mentioned I, it. It can't do anything if you just leave it on a thumb drive or leave it in your hard drive and don't send it out. There's a lesson for you, everybody. There you Call go. Call to action. Send your stuff out. Send your Me stuff included. out. That's <laughs> right. So this is a natural segue here. You're going to be sending stuff out this fall. And this fall, something else that I spoke to Chris about in the green room, is I remember reading some time ago, a couple of years back, and I went and I double-checked it just before we sat down to do this episode, that there are seasonal mindsets about what books sell at a certain time of the year, what books or stories, types of stories and genres that publishers are looking for at a particular time of the year. And it turns out that fall is the time of the year when several genres seem to sell the best, one of them being romance. Another being mystery thrillers, not just mystery thrillers, right? Horror, so that's the third genre. Then there's sci-fi. And then after that, nonfiction, there's some self-help, but more cookbooks. And Chris was asking, he said, why the heck do you think that is? Again, more reading, and you can do chat GPT, you can do Google, you can do Publishers Weekly, because I did that and about four others. When you look at it, it seems to be, it works this way. A, September to December, it's the holiday season. So you have recognition of the fact that people are going to be eating a lot. (laughs) You've got Halloween, you got Halloween candy and whatever goodies that people are going to bake around that time. You got Thanksgiving, then you've got Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, all of that in December. And cookbooks, naturally, yeah, recipes galore. Also, if you're living in a particular part of the world where temperatures change, the seasons change, Theoretically, as things get cooler, chillier, grayer, rainier, colder, whatever, people want to be inside, whether you're inside your regular plain old apartment or you've got a fireplace or you've got a cozy couch or you like to read in bed, but they want to read stories that are going to be more immersive, that they can go into this world, deep into this world and get lost in these characters. So romance novels, absolutely. Mystery thrillers, absolutely. Horror, absolutely. Especially, again, if you're in the United States and you recognize this thing called Halloween and the spooky stuff that usually goes on in October. So this seems to be a part of the reason why that kind of material tends to be desired at that time or pushed at that time by publishers, both mainstream and independents. Although the independents have even more diverse material that's coming out, some alternate lifestyle stories and things like that. So it's really it's a really a rich time to be going to bookstores and going online to look for good material to read. I also suspect, because of some of the things that my buddy Chris has gone through, that if there are online zines that are looking for stories to publish around this time, that this genre hunt might also apply. So again, romance, mystery, thrillers, horror, sci-fi, and then some nonfiction or cooking. So Chris, you 
and I don't remember if it was around the fall, but you did some pursuit of online publishers and getting short stories in there. And one of them was, what was the character? Oh, it was uh, my character Penelope, and that was Shotgun Honey, published her twice. And I am eternally grateful for that. They are an online zine. It's two things. It's there's an online presence, known as shotgunhoney.com, and they publish 700 word flash fiction for free consumption, right? Mm -hmm. But they're also publishers of that genre, that kind of crime oriented, fast paced, character driven crime or mystery a little bit but that kind of area of fiction so the idea is you get a taste oh that was great and you can read god you can probably read a couple of hundred different stories through there but you can also there's some of them have been picked up and they have not this a nice back catalog of book length material that they also offer if that's your style and it's the fall well go mm-hmm. there and buy some of that stuff one of the things I wanted to say about all the things you were talking about for publishing, the, every genre you were talking about has a loyal audience. I think part of it is they're publishing the fall because people buy them for presents for these people. If there's a horror guy or a horror person, you can buy them a horror book and you're going to probably hit what they like. Someone likes, anyone ever presented me with a or the, the new Walter Mosley, it's going to hit well, or, mm-hmm. or Dennis Lehane. The problem is I probably already have him. But but I think that also contributes it to, if it's if we mention one of your genres, that's something to think about. But the publishing calendar is way further back. You would pitch it if it was accepted, then you'd be working with an editor, and then it would, and it would be this whole thing, and they would decide when it comes out. What you were talking about was the consumer end, the retail end, and then the publishing end is okay. You're hoping for it to come out in the fall. <laughs> You'll be doing a lot of stuff before that. You might even work a full year before it comes out, maybe two years, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how big the publishers are. Unless you're publishing with Soul Scream, then you're just like, he did what? <laughs> he published. <laughs> There's a Christmas teaser, and then four came out yeah. from June through the yeah. September. Does he, what the does, hell's wrong with him? Because he, he, <laughs> he just didn't sleep, and he drank a lot of tea. That was what he did, yeah. But again, the idea being that um, aside from enjoying the creative end of writing and producing these stories and everything, there's a business end, and certain things in the business work on some type of timetable, clock, or calendar. So you might want to give some time to research that and look at that and see if any of that information would be beneficial to you as you plot and plan your strategies for getting your material out there. And Alex researched what comes out in the fall because he wanted to include in this episode. You can research what are the best seasons, what are the best months to submit and there used to be hard and fast rules. People tended not to buy or accept submissions in December. They wanted to clear everything out, start mm-hmm. anew in January. I don't know if it's, it, the impression I got is that kind of eroded for a bit. But you can find out. You can find, all right, this, maybe I love 
Shotgun Hun- Honey's catalog. I want to be there. You read the stuff, you see what they're looking for. You write within the parameters of what they like and what they publish and take your shot. That's one of the trickier things for me. It's They always say, find your comparables. What books are you like? But that doesn't include, I'm the next Stephen King. No, you're not. <laughs> Stephen King's the only Stephen King. You're whoever you are. Publishers don't want to hear you compare yourself to the big names. They want to see you do your homework. They want to see, okay, I'm going to be published. I, I want to submit to this agent. What does she publish? What does she represent? Mm-hmm. What is that like? That is what of who of their her clients am I similar to? Or they do this thing that I personally am not a fan of, but it's a cross between Jaws and my big fat Greek wedding, whatever. Those kind of things. I'm envisioning a shark wanting to get married. (laughs) As opposed to a married couple. But yes, I went for the ridiculous. But my point is that kind of, that's for some people, that's, what they want to see in a pitch and all that. And, and pitching and, and selling is a whole different um, graduate course that we'll do it another time. <laughs> yes. All right. So what did we learn today there, Alex? Uh, what did we learn today? We learned today that uh, A, prioritize, because that's a good thing to do. Pick out the, the projects and responsibilities that you have, line them up, prioritize so that you can affect each one and give each one 100% of your time. Uh, we also learned that uh, persistence pays off, and you did a lot of hard work with uh, Shotgun, I'm wrong, with Soul Screen, uh, and found that you were a not only uh, a visionary, but also capable of doing the work, and you also learned what you need to improve on, yeah, and, and so that's, that's, that's about being consistent, but it's also about being open to learning where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are and make some sort of decisions about what you're going to do about which. Yeah. And it's, it's a balance. I didn't get overly excited about what I did well, and I didn't get deeply depressed about what I need to still work on. Right. And And, the fact that, go ahead, go ahead. And our episode today was about assessment. It is a good idea to take some time and assess what exactly is going on? All right, the last quarter, what did I do? What did I accomplish? What did I not accomplish? What do I need to work on? And then you write up a new to-do list and you start afresh. You know, and it's also helps do it you, annually. I think a season change is a good time to do it. It also, in exact because it also helps you then plot and plan for what your next move is, yeah. what your next quarter is, what you hope to accomplish during that time and what you need to do to pull that off. Yep. And, and obviously, he's about to have a meeting with one of the staff members. That's right. To get clarity. That is that Silvio? Is that the editor? That's, that's Silvio coming in saying, I don't hear the keyboard going. What are you yeah. doing in here? Yeah. And oh, then yeah. the security came in with it. Just he sniffed around a little bit and he said, There's no food in here. And yeah. he left. <laughs> so this is my crack staff yeah, working on the Labor Day weekend. Because they care. Right. Yeah. Okay. This guy, this, this is an editor right here that will just walk over you until you work get back to work so right hasn't he actually tried to write some of your stuff yeah i've caught him sometimes he's especially when i'm on i'm below my standing desk but when i'm on my standing desk he'll step and jump on and 
sit next to the keyboard and get closer and closer. And then the, the paw comes out and that's when, you know, there's editing going on and you would, yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't like that last passage, right? He's like, what was that? By the way, for those of you who are not watching the video version of the show, that was his cat. Sylvie. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a cat that lives in the same house with me. Ship of any of these. My Gloria says that they have chosen me. They climb on me a lot. Right now, they're just staff. Yeah. And staff can be fired. That's what he has to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris, it's as always, it's been unusual. <laughs> yeah. well, hey. I think that's why you keep coming back. You're like, what the hell is he going to say this time? Everybody, as I said, we're going to be pursuing more and more input from you this fall. So please leave your cards and letters in the comments section below. What challenges are you facing? What topics would you like us to cover? What questions do you have that we may know the answers to? And if we don't, we'll find somebody who does. That's right. So until then, Chris. Peace, my brother. Peace, everybody. Uh, have a good Labor Day and success.